Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from the Southern California foothills town of Glendora, California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead lost people to Jesus, building a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you, opens your heart, and shows you how to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. Good to see you today, Real Life Church. It's Pastor Jim. It's great to be with you again as we worship in the midst of quarantine and practice the spiritual disciplines of a quarantined life. Today, I have a great message of hope for you, uh, including some good news about things that God has already done in your life, uh, things that God in this season has given you uh, that we're going to reflect on today. I have this beautiful letter from a kid who is practicing his faith. Uh, it's just a wonderful letter. I have this sort of... Um, the story of this kind of mysterious uh, prophetic word uh, that I got a month ago that turned out to be true, uh, and I'm just really excited about what God's word has to say to, about, uh, uh, say to us today. So uh, it's good to be with you. I'm glad we can be together. Um, let me uh, let me start out by saying uh, thanks to all of you uh, who helped take part in Chalk the Walk last weekend in order to prepare for our Easter services. You went out and wrote chalk messages on the sidewalks and driveways in front of your houses, inviting people to watch our Easter services. And it was great to see those all over town. So in the next couple days, Stacy and Kevin are going to pick a winner, and they're going to announce a winner, and there are going to be prizes. So stay tuned. In the next couple days, you'll get to hear who did. I think they're going to do the biggest and the best and whatever else Stacy and Kevin cook up. Uh, and I also want to say a deep uh, thank you from all of us to those who are medical personnel who are still actively walking into places where people are sick and caring for people who are sick uh, while you care about your own families. And I've had great conversations with Mike and uh, Ingrid and Dwayne and Megan and others uh, who are serving faithfully uh, on the medical front. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for putting yourself out there for all of us. Much, much appreciated from all of us. I know that's from all of us. Now let me read you this, this adorable letter uh, from a kid. As you know, a couple weeks ago, I put out the viral blessings challenge, and I say if you, ha I said if you have to go to the grocery store, buy a gift card for the person ringing up your groceries, give them a gift card, say God bless you, thank you for what you're doing, and tons of you have responded. The responses are up at reallife.la. Uh, you can read all the uh, all the letters that have been sent in. Uh, if you do this, send me a letter at info at reallife.la uh, and tell me your story. But I've got this great one today that I'm going to read you, and honestly, uh, this one's one of the best. Uh, this one's going to make you cry. Uh, you're going to cry. I won't cry. I don't cry. But you will. You're going to cry. Just in case. <clears throat> Hi, Pastor Jim. Uh, this is from the mom. Hi, Pastor Jim. Uh, I wanted to share our gift card giving experience this week. As a family, we have Everett, age five, earning his chore money through the Financial Peace Junior, which is a... Uh, a class uh, put together that churches use to teach people stewardship of God's resources. So he's, uh, he's saving his money, uh, earning his chore money through financial peace. And what comes with that is a giving envelope. So you, you put an envelope aside for money that you're going to give to the church or to people in need. Um, with the church not meeting in person for the last month, he hasn't been able to bring his money and put it in the offering tray. So he's had his money accumulated for a few weeks now. 
This week, he said he wanted to count his, gift, his give money and get a gift card for someone working while we're out. So this was his idea. The, the five-year-old said, hey, let's buy a gift card at the grocery store. It's, uh, she says, he does actually listen during church. <laughs> uh, he had exactly $25, and I said, that's the perfect amount for a gift card for someone. This week, we went to the grocery store for our groceries, and as we went to check out, he spent a good amount of time looking over all the gift cards he wanted to choose, and he decided on Amazon because he said, everyone loves to buy good things on Amazon, Mom. And as we checked out, uh, the checker Kathy chatted away with us and told Everett how he looked like such a superhero with his Avengers mask on. I think he had a, a face mask that had Avengers on it. Uh, and that made his day. As we finished up, I purchased one other gift card for the young man bagging our groceries as well. Everett handed Kathy the gift card and his wadded up cash. And she said, oh, lucky boy, you get an Amazon gift card. And we told her, no, this is for you. And the other one will be for Chris bagging our groceries. She was speechless. I told her, thank you for all your hard work, all the hard work you're doing in this difficult time and God bless. And she started to cry and she couldn't believe it. And she just kept saying, thank you so much. I don't even know what to say. I've never had anyone do something like this. And Everett, the five-year-old, handed Chris, the guy bagging groceries, the other gift card as he finished putting the groceries in our cart. And he couldn't believe it either and said, this has been the best part of my day. Thank you for giving our church this challenge. And Everett said that he can't wait to give out more gift cards when we shop again. Caitlin. Oh, that's wonderful. That's exactly right. That's wonderful. Isn't that great? A little kid learning uh, to follow Jesus and learning that means you love people, you give to people, you're open-handed, you care for people in need. Oh, that's beautiful. That's exactly right. Good for you, young man. Uh, look forward to hearing uh, more stories like that in your future. Wonderful. Very good. Uh, if you're actually interested in giving this week, you can continue taking part in the Viral Blessings Challenge. If you have to go to the grocery store, buy a gift card, give it to the clerk. God bless you. Thank you for what you do. Uh, but also, if you haven't already volunteered at one of the food distribution pantries, there are still people in desperate need of groceries, some people now who have lost their jobs, and the, the pantries are set up to do this in a sanitary way. You wear gloves, you use hand sanitizer, you wear a face mask, you stay more than six feet away from people, uh, you box up groceries and put them in people's trunks so, so they can drive by uh, and you can still socially distance. If you haven't done that, I go and help with God's Pantry, but there are lots of pantries around that's a great thing to do with your time. Uh, keep helping people in that way. Uh, and if you want to keep helping the church, thanks for uh, visiting reallife.la slash give uh, and supporting our church in this time. That helps us to continue doing what we're doing uh, in all our ministries. Thanks for uh, sharing our video content as well. Every time you, you hit the share button and share it with somebody else, that helps get the word out further. And we have actually connected with people who I've never met in person uh, and we've connected with them now online in this season. And so I hope one day to see them face to face. Uh, we may still not be shaking hands yet, but we, we're going to meet face to face uh, before too long. Um, and speaking of video content, starting this Wednesday, we're going to do something totally new and fun. And I'm really looking forward to this. Wednesday night, I'm going to do a, a good old fashioned Bible study, Bible study with a pastor, but it's all going to be digital. So at 7 p.m., we're going to launch the lecture. Uh, we'll all tune in together. I'll tell you some about the book of Acts, some of the history and the context. And then at 8 o'clock, we'll open a Zoom channel, and everybody who wants to discuss can get in there and discuss. Uh, and I'll be in there, but we can all share our ideas uh, in Zoom. So we're going to do that uh, 7 p.m. 
this Sunday. If you want to take part, uh, read Acts chapter 1. You can go ahead and dive into the book of Acts, uh, but also send us uh, a message. Go ahead and send it now. Put it in the comments, and we'll send you a link to the Zoom channel if you want to take part in the conversation. But uh, that comes out Sunday, or excuse me, Wednesday night starting at 7 p.m., and then a discussion starting at 8 p.m. So that's coming up this week. Looking forward to that. Now let's do one of our famous app surveys. As you know, here on the weekends, we like to do surveys through your real life app. Uh, if you have not already gotten the free app, send a text to 77977 that says um, uh, RLLA. So that stands for Real Life Los Angeles, but just RLLA. And uh, send those letters to 77977 and you'll get a text in response, and that'll help you download the app for free. And then on our app, uh, very often, we'll, we'll give out surveys on the weekends to see what you think of uh, topics related to the things we're studying that day. So here's the app question of the day. What do you miss most in our life right now, in our, in our quarantine life, in our unusual life? What do you miss most? Uh, eating out, school or work, uh, sports, or just hanging out with friends? What do you miss most? Go ahead and get in there and vote, and you can watch the bar graph change as people vote uh, and see where uh, we are together as a church. That's a fun one. Uh, and then once you do that, go ahead, after you've done that, turn off, turn off uh, all the media except your Bible. If you have a digital Bible, keep that open. Uh, but turn off the Facebook and the Instagram and all the other chap snap and everything, uh, and let's, uh, let's focus in on God's Word because God's Word is more important. Uh, take a minute with me, and, uh, and let's pray. Father, I thank you that you love us, and I thank you that when we wander in the wilderness, you go before us. You lead us through the deserts. You know where we're going. You know when we'll get there, and you're not afraid. So fill our hearts with peace. Take away our anxiety. Show us where you're going and keep us close to you. God, bless those first responders and those medical personnel and those people working in the grocery stores. Keep them safe and keep them healthy. Thank you for them. God, begin preparing our hearts for Reunion Sunday where we'll see each other face to face again. God, help us to leave behind in the desert the things that we don't, don't need and cling to that which is most essential. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. All right, well, uh, we're going to study a little of God's Word today, and we're going to study uh, what uh, was most essential uh, in the life of Jesus. Uh, because as you know right now, as a culture, we're kind of moving out of the frying pan and into the fire because uh, as uh, the quarantine opens up, uh, we're actually, as a, as a globe, sort of headed into a recession, it looks like. Uh, and so for a lot of people, that's uh, anxiety-causing. There's a lot of things to worry about. Uh, and I know people in our church already who have lost their jobs and who are uh, on the hunt for what's next. Uh, and, uh, and it reminds me that um, a couple, couple of years ago, in a little university, I taught a class on business ethics. And as part of that class, uh, I taught students how to prepare for job interviews. All these young students, some of them whom had not had serious job interviews before, were getting ready for the future. So we talked about what questions to prepare for and how to answer them. Uh, likewise, when I teach at seminaries, I'll teach future pastors uh, how to prepare for church interviews. And there's a, there's a question that is commonly asked in interviews that feels like a softball question, but it's a common one because there's something the interviewer is looking for when they ask it. And the question is this, why do you want this job? What is it that you want by coming here? And what the interviewer is looking for is self-awareness. They don't want to hear, well, I've just got a bunch of hooks in the water and I'm going to take the first one I get because I need a paycheck. That really doesn't turn on most, uh, most employers. 
What they want to hear is, I, I know where my life is going, and I, I know what I want to do, and, and by having this job, it'll help me achieve what I want to achieve and become what I want to become. They're asking you, what are your core values? What is essential to you? Who are you? What does this job have to do with making you who you are? Uh, and so um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the values that God has opened up in this season. Uh, God has given us a special gift in this unusual time because God has peeled back that which is excess and that which is distracting to make us focus in on what matters most. We are down to our corona values, the values that uh, matter when everything else is off. Uh, and that's the season that we're in where we're able, able to distill those things that are closest to our hearts. If you are exhausted from homeschooling kids and you can't stand one more Zoom meeting turning off when you're in the middle of it, if you are fighting to keep a job or to find a job because you want to survive and thrive, uh, God bless you. We are going to get through this together. What you are doing is revealing who you are. You love your family and you care for them. You, you want to make life meaningful and you want to do well. You want to get through hard times and look for the good times again. Take a deep breath, look in the mirror, and realize what a precious gift God has given us in this season by helping us to see who we are and helping us to see what matters most to us. Today I want to look at what was most essential to Jesus. And I want to see if I can get our values to line up with His. Because when we want what He wants, we will get the best there is in life. When, when you want what Jesus wants, then the, what you have within you is something that, that no virus can contaminate. And your calling in life is something that no quarantine can contain. So let's look at the teachings in the heart of Jesus and look at what was most essential to Him. Open to Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus takes the, the 72 uh, disciples who are closest to him. You know, he had an inner circle of 12, and then probably a broader circle of people who seemed like they got it, and then thousands of people who were just going along looking for the show and the magic tricks. So he took this group of 70 who he thought were prepared, most likely, to go into ministry. And then he sent them out. And he said, when you go, don't take money, don't take extra clothes. Go with open hands. Go where God leads you. When you come to a house, bless it with your peace. And if your graciousness is returned to you, then stay in that house. And eat what they serve you and don't move around. Go into the world with open hands. Don't take anything with you. You don't need anything. God will provide for you when you get there. In the Jewish culture, there was a deep ethic of hospitality. That when someone showed up at your door and they had nothing. You took them in, you fed them, you gave them a place to stay, you treated them as one of your own, and you asked for nothing in return. That's the ethic that God wants us to carry on in the world. And God wants us to trust that He will provide for us in that way. So when you go out into the world, go with open hands. You don't need anything. Just, just take the house that welcomes you and stay there. And then heal the sick, cast out demons, and tell them, quote, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 10, nothing will harm you. Go into the world with open hands and watch what Jesus does. If they reject you, shake the dust off your feet and walk away. Don't go get in a fight with them. Don't get stuck in their mess. 
If they reject you, the worst thing you could do is turn around and try to get revenge. The only person who benefits from that is Satan, because he wants to, to distract you from the ministries that God has called you to. Keep after your ministry. If you're rejected, shake your hands off, shake the dust off your feet, keep going and keep doing ministry. And at the end of this passage in Luke chapter 10, Jesus is ecstatic. He, he says he is so thankful uh, that there, there were kings and prophets who longed to see this day, and now God is revealing it to children, to these, to these fishermen and farmers. They get to see God's kingdom unleashed on the earth. And such is the case for you and I. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't, doesn't matter what disasters have befallen the world. We can go out with open hands and trust that God knows us, God sees us, God loves us, and God will provide for us as we fulfill the mission that he's called us to in this world. Those are the deep promises of Jesus. What you need is what's already inside you when you have Jesus. And what's inside you is something no virus can contaminate. And the call of God within you is something no quarantine can contain. I'll tell you, I'll give you a little... Uh, um, story that shows me that Jesus is with, us, with, is with us in the midst of hard times. And I'll admit, this one's a little strange. If you're tuning in for the first time today and hearing this story, you're going to think this is a little strange. I'm the pastor. I think it's a little strange too. But it just happened. Um, back on March 21st, about a week after we had all been put in homestay out here in California, I was in prayer. And I said to Jesus, okay, tell me when it's going to open up again. And I heard in my mind a date, April 19th, which is today. In fact, I heard it might be around the 18th that you hear things are starting to open up, and then on the 19th. And I thought, well, that's strange. And then I had this sort of, it felt like a daydream. I think the biblical word for it is vision, but it just felt like a daydream of the church staff sitting around our staff table. And I turned to our children's minister, Stacy, and I said to her in this daydream, I said, What's the date that things are going to start to open up again? And she said, April 19th. And I said, that's correct. Now, this was all just a daydream, and I could have just ignored it, but I decided to test it out. And first, I sent myself an email with this information in it, so I'd, I'd have a record of it and a timestamp from, from March. And then I called Stacy, and I said, I know this is going to sound weird, but try something with me. I think I know what date things are going to start to open up again. I want you to pray about it, and then I want you to call me and let me know what date you hear. Two days later, Stacy sent me a text, and she said, April 19th. And I said, that's correct. I didn't know all of what that meant. And as we got closer and closer to this date, the staff began talking about this interaction Stacy and I had had, and saying, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like the world's opening up. But then here on the, the 17th, the, the White House came out and said that there are enough tests available to begin to reopen society. Now, that doesn't mean rush outside your doors, right? There's still sickness out there. People are still getting sick. We're still going to be wise. We're still going to be careful. But what that told me was that Jesus was in the midst of this chaotic world. And when it seemed like nobody was in control, he absolutely was in control. He knew what was going on. Not only that, but he was willing to share it with us. To, to say, I, I, I know what's happening. I know what's coming. The day will come where the doors open up again. I even know when it's going to happen. And so when, when Jesus sends us out into the world, he goes, don't, don't worry about the world. Don't cling to the world. Go with open hands. Trust that God will provide for you.
heal the sick, sick, cast out demons, and tell people the kingdom of God has come near to you. And, and watch what happens. Watch the miracles that happen. You, you don't need anything to fulfill your calling. What, what you need is already within you, and what is within you, no virus can contaminate. And the call of God within you is something no quarantine can contain. Jesus is with us and has put his Holy Spirit in our hearts, and that is all we need. Then, in Luke chapter 10 now, he sent his disciples out and showed them that they don't need anything. Now he's going to show them what's most essential. Now he's going to teach what is the most important thing in life. It says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus replied. How do you read it? The man answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Now, first of all, this is great. This is Jesus boiling it down to the core things. The most important things in life are this. Love God, love your neighbor. That's what life is for. If you want to know the purpose of life, that's it. Love God, love your neighbor. That's what life is for. But there's a fascinating backstory to this text. There's a, there's a, a backstory that I think most people don't know. You can, you can research it and find out, but I think most people don't know. These two guys are having a conversation about things that are in the headlines of their day. This is not just a spontaneous conversation. This is a, a conversation on a subject that has already been going on. Because in, in the generation just before Jesus, there were two rabbis, one whose name was Shammai and one whose name was Hillel. And they were very important rabbis who left a, a great body of teachings, and, and they always debated with each other. And so people would study the debates of Shammai and Hillel and decide whose side they were on. Well, Shammai was asked, what commandments are the most important? And Shammai said, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and obey the Sabbath laws, keep the Sabbath laws. And Hillel, who always seemed to be the more tolerant of the two, said, no, 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 love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Uh, Hillel would say it this way. He says, whatever's hateful to you, don't do that to somebody else. So when Jesus says, uh, wh whatever uh, you would have done to you, do, do to others. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He, he's actually quoting Hillel. So, so look at what's happening in this text. This guy comes to Jesus and goes, what, what matters most? And Jesus goes, what do you think? And he goes, I agree with Hillel. Love God, love your neighbor. And Jesus goes, that's correct. But now listen, what, look, look at what happens next. But the guy wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who's my neighbor? Now, this is a conversation that Shammai and Hillel had also had. If you agree that you're supposed to love your neighbor, who is your neighbor? Who are you supposed to love? And Shammai and Hillel disagreed. Uh, Shammai was asked, uh, who, who's your neighbor? Who are you supposed to love? And he said, other Jewish people. And he was asked, do you have to love the Romans? The Romans who rule over us, who oppress us? And he said, no, no, you don't have to love them. But Hillel was asked, who's your neighbor? Is it just the Jewish people? Or do you have to love the Romans too? And Hillel said, yes, you have to love the Romans too. So, so look at what's going on. This guy says to Jesus, what's most important? And Jesus says, what do you think? And the guy says, it's what Hillel said. And Jesus goes, that's right. And then he picks up on another question that Hillel had taken a stand on and says, what about the, the neighbor question? Who's our neighbor? Do you agree with Hillel on that? And I think he's wanting Jesus to say, yes, we're supposed to love the Jewish people and also the Romans. But Jesus carries it a step further. 
Jesus then responds by saying, I'll tell you who your neighbor is. A guy was beat up on the side of the road, and a, a Levite walked by and didn't help him, and a priest walked by and didn't help him, but the person who stopped and helped him was a good Samaritan. Be like the Samaritans. See, that was, that was where Hillel stopped. Hillel's answer was, yeah, you have to love the Romans, but you don't have to love the Samaritans. The Samaritans aren't good people. You don't have to love them. And Jesus went a step further than Hillel and said, not only do I agree with him that you love God and love your neighbor, you even have to love the Samaritans. So now look at the essential teachings of Jesus. Look at what Jesus is saying. No matter what else is going on in the world, no matter what quarantine, what disaster, what fear, what chaos, what recession, go into the world open-handed. God knows you. God sees you. God knows the future, and God will provide for you. Just trust him. And when you do, you will heal the sick. You will cast out demons. You will call people to faith, and they will believe. And then love them. Love the people that you know. Love the people that you don't know. Love your enemies. Everywhere you go, love in Jesus' name. That is what is essential. How much does it take to do that? What kind of resources do you have to have? Jesus has given you everything you already need. It's in your heart right now if you believe in him. If you have the Holy Spirit in you. What you have in you, no virus can contaminate, and the call that is in you, no quarantine can contain. You already have everything you need. So don't worry, don't fear, live in trust. God is on your side. Now there's one other place where Jesus names the essentials, the bottom line, the things that are most important. And this is in Matthew chapter 28 at verse 16. This was right at the end of the gospel of Matthew. At the end of his life, Jesus has died on the cross as we celebrated at Easter, risen from the dead, and, uh, and is now uh, talking to his disciples again. It says, when the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, uh, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Thomas, I'm looking at you. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the world. And the disciple Peter looked at the disciple John and said, Who surely did we... Did we add somebody? And John kind of glared at him. And Peter goes, oh, no, I get it. And then he kind of laughed to cover it up, but John kind of knew that he didn't know. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to be back in the same room with you so I can listen to you not laugh at my jokes instead of just assuming you're not laughing at my jokes. Um, <clears throat> uh, this is what Jesus said is the essential. This is what Jesus says is the core. Love God, love your neighbors, and then go into the world with that love. Go open-handed and trust me. Make disciples of all nations, baptize them, teach them everything that Jesus taught us. That's what life is all about. That's what life is for. Nothing going on in the world right now stops you from doing that. Nothing stops you from your calling. Nothing stops you from your purpose. Nothing stops you from having a meaningful life right now. This is the heart of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus looks at this world and sees lost children everywhere and he just wants them back. I talked to a guy not long ago who was a new Christian, and he said, Jim, 
I, 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 I get it. I, I'm glad Jesus died for me. I, I, I feel that he loves me. I just don't have any kind of overwhelming compassion for other people. I still, still feel like their beliefs are their business. And I said, think about it this way. If you had lost one of your children, you would circle the globe looking for them. You would put up their posters everywhere. You would grab people by the collar and say, have you seen this child? Well, Jesus looks at the world and, and it sees it full of lost children. And he is in pursuit of us. And when he finds us, he wants us to help go look for the next person. This is what Jesus wants to do in, in your heart. It's like, a, it's like an, an ember of a fire, just a, a tiny ember. And you know how when, when there's just a little bit of a fire and you, you want to build a, a big one, you take that little bit of fire and you blow on it and, it. and it stokes up. You blow on it and it gets bigger. Well, well, Jesus has put the Holy Spirit in your heart and he wants to, to blow into that spirit and ignite it with passion and love for the world. He wants to put his heart in you and then make it grow. And so if you need to love more, believe more. And if you need to believe more, love more. Our faith and our love grow in proportion to each other. As we love the world more, as we love people more, then we grow deeper in faith. As we grow deeper in faith, we love more. That's the heart of Jesus, and that's what he wants to do in us. And nothing stops that from happening, no matter where we are, no matter what's going on in the world. Look, Reunion Sunday is coming. Uh, we've hit April 19th, and the world is beginning to talk about reopening. It'll come over the course of a few weeks, but soon we'll be together again. When we do, let's not go back to normal. God has given us a phenomenal gift by paring away the things that aren't essential and making us hone in on what life is all about. Let's not go back to normal. Let, let's leave things in the desert that we don't need to take with us and live lives that count. Let's not cling to, to health so that we can live a long, boring, meaningless, stale life and then just die at the end anyway. It's all going to end the same way. Why, why try to extend the longevity of our life when we can improve the impact of our lives? And let's not cling to wealth which moths eat and rust can destroy. Instead, let's go into the world open-handed and watch the kinds of miracles that God puts in our hands when we're not clinging to money. Jesus loves the world and wants to put that love in our hearts. And this, this is all he wants. Love God, love your neighbor. Go and make disciples, baptize them, and teach them how much I love them. Reunion Sunday is coming again soon, and we will celebrate, and we will sing, and we will worship, and we will study the Word, and we will baptize, and baptize, and baptize. But let's not go back to normal. We've been set free to live a real life. I look forward to doing that with you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Instagram or Facebook at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.